Cashflow Diary Podcast, episode 257. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. The podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leveraged streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Massey, and I'm glad that you are here today because there are times in your career where it's time to think about, you know, hey, what am I going to do? I'm going to one day have passive income. Okay, that's wonderful. That's why you're here. You're building a business. You're growing your real estate portfolio. You're doing the deal, but occasionally you need help. Sometimes you need it done for you. Sometimes if it can be a little bit easier, that would help you as well. And I have with me today none other than Marco Santorelli, and he's been doing this for a long time to help you and I go out there and build actively your portfolio in a very, very tangible way. So what does that mean? That means individuals like Marco. Not only does he podcast, not only does he take the time to make sure that you find those turnkey cash flow rental properties nationwide, he also cares about if you understand the deal. And I think you're going to enjoy this one. If you've been thinking about how on earth am I going to make deals happen, hopefully you are ready to take some notes. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask him a ton of questions. Hopefully you're ready because I know he is. Marco, are you there? I'm here, Jay. Thanks for being uh, a guest on the show. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad that you are here. Now, many people know the first question that I'm going to ask. I know you don't know yet, but that's the fun. So I, I have a very simple question. When, you know, I, I think about today's entrepreneurs, I, I think about them a lot. I am one. You are clearly one. And I think we have a lot in common with yesterday's superheroes, <laughs> to be honest. And no matter what superhero you like, the, the point is, is that before the superhero was super, before they got dressed up in tights and was saving everybody, again, I think entrepreneurs do that same thing, they were usually regular people in some way, shape, or form. Something happened to them, they developed a special skill, and then they decided to share that with everybody else. So here's what I'd like to know. Before you were out there helping hundreds of real estate investors create wealth and cash flow through real estate, before you were providing turnkey properties, before you were out there doing your thing, who is Marco Santorelli? Well, that's a hard question to answer because I've actually put my finger in so many different things over the years. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm going to try to keep it brief for you, Jay. But if you go, oh, no, no, oh, we're good. We got time. No? They All got right. time. Fair enough. If you want to go all the way back to when I was 13 years old, which is a long, long time ago, um, I was nerdy enough to have taught myself assembly language programming on a TRS-80, which is a Radio Shack computer. Wow. Completely, completely geeky. But it, it taught me some valuable lessons. It taught me the ability to 
buckle down and be very focused and diligent to learn something that you really are passionate about. And I didn't, didn't end up doing anything with it other than coding some games that never ended up going to market. But that also <laughs> taught me that I could be an entrepreneur. And it, it, it allowed me to think big because I wanted to create this game during the time of Pac-Man that would be out there. And you know I could be a young 13, 14-year-old nice. and sell my own game. And you know I thought it was all cool. And but, um, but, you know, I never went to market, but it gave me some experience. And then, you know, I had all these different jobs and careers over the years. I got involved in, you know, the grocery business. I was, you know, working stocking shelves at a grocery store. And, and then I got involved in selling real estate. And, uh, and that's actually, you know, around the time when I started my real estate career. But, uh, but you know, I even I even was a co-founder in a dot-com startup, which you know we raised nine point five million dollars from VC Capitals up north. And unfortunately, as you know, and many of your listeners know, the stock market crashed in right. I think it was March of twenty two thousand one, and uh, all our VC funding dried up. And of course, we had to lay everybody off. And you know, that was just another chapter in in the book of life. <laughs> another chapter. Yes. Now, for those of you who are wondering, a TRS-80, think of that as like a really, 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 really old iPod. Because uh, that's about <laughs> all it could ever really do. But at the end of the day, it, you probably sent some people to Google looking that thing up. You realize that? Probably. Yep. <laughs> They're like, what Just is look that? It up. They're like, oh my God, that existed. Uh, so, yeah, in fact, I recently saw an article where they were introducing um, Windows 95 on a regular, you know, Windows 95 computer to a group of teenagers, 18, 19 year old today. And they're like, wow, that's how did they couldn't even figure out how to turn it on, how to turn it off, how to do any of the things that they do today. So I can only imagine what they would do with a TRS-80. That was revolutionary back in the time. Windows 95, when it came out, was such a major launch that Microsoft hired uh, the Rolling Stones. They contracted You Start Me Up as a song, um, the theme song for that new operating system because it was such a radical departure from from the Windows 3.1. And prior to that, it was basically your DOS operating system. And I mean, you can just go back and just realize how much technology has changed in the last 20, 30 years. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, before we get too far into it, I mean, you and I could probably go down. I was on a Commodore VIC-20. So, you know, anyway, we, we were probably getting off topic a little bit, but yeah. also sharing some things that people did not know about me for sure. Now, you you mentioned uh, the idea of selling real estate. Was that as a realtor at the time? Well, here's how I kind of fell into real estate, if you yes. want to say that. Okay, so I, I turned 16 years old, and I don't come from a wealthy family. Both my parents worked full-time jobs. My mother, at, at one point, worked, worked uh, three jobs to help pay the bills and pay the mortgage and all that kind of stuff. So I, didn't, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. But in looking around, I guess just being observant, I noticed that people who actually had wealth were property owners. And I guess just through my own questioning, which is a very important skill these days, is just to ask a lot of questions. I teach my daughter, ask the question, why, all the time until you drive people nuts. Just keep asking why. Even dad. Absolutely. Yeah, even dad. Yeah, well, it drives me up the wall too. But, you know, I get it because I appreciate that. It's a skill. And a lot of people just don't ask. Um, you know, there's, I'm sure you've heard this, Jay. You know, there's a saying out there. Uh, there's three kinds of people. There's people that make things happen, the people that watch things happen, and there's people who wonder what happened. Right. And you don't want to be in that th- third category. So uh, Not voluntarily. Uh, well, exactly. <laughs> so, 
come come 16, you know, when I was able to qualify for some type of financing, I bought a townhome, an end unit, and it needed work. So between myself and my uncle, who was a carpenter, we gutted it, renovated it. I put a sign out in the yard. I took applications. I did the screening myself. Uh, I finally leased it to someone. And then I personally managed it for years. And I make that sound easy. And I guess in looking back, you know, it might have been somewhat easy. But the reality is this. I never read a book or took a course. I, I just knew it was the right thing to do. I had a gut feeling that real estate was the way to generate wealth. And I jumped in and I did it. Now, my biggest regret with that first deal um, in my life was selling it two, three, four years later. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. And, you know, think about it. If I didn't know this at the time. You know, and 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 maybe most of your listeners know this to be true today, but that townhome I bought for forty thousand dollars. Fast forward to two thousand sixteen, oh. it's worth about four hundred thousand mm. dollars, and so it, it would have been paid off free and clear. I would have had this nice cash flow. I would have had a, a net worth on my balance sheet of another you know four hundred five hundred thousand dollars. But I didn't know it at the time. I just thought, oh man, I could pull out twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars in equity right away, and you know move on. And that's what I did. So, you know, you learn from your experiences and you learn from your mistakes. But, uh, but that's how I got involved in real estate. Okay. And, you know, back, back to your point, if, you know, just to kind of close the loop on this question. It wasn't until after I did that deal that I got my real estate license and sold real estate to retail buyers, you know, people looking for homes right. for a few years. But in the process of doing that, um, I was able to buy some more property and use the commissions to roll it towards the down payment. Now, I just want to underscore something. How old were you when you started that? 16. Okay. So, now you, you <laughs> first you were going to take over the world with your own version of Pac-Man, and now you're ready to take over the real estate at age 16. So, did you, were you ever a kid? I mean, I'm just checking. <laughs> I think I skipped that phase. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. But no, it gives us some insight into understanding uh, all of these things. You just were able to recognize value from a young age. I kind of like it. Yeah. And, and you know what? It, it really wasn't a special skill. It's just stopping, looking around, and seeing what other people are doing because – you know, you, you don't learn everything through osmosis, but if you look around and you see what other people are doing, you can pick out the people who are successful. You could pick out the people who are just going along for the ride. You could p- pick out the people who are just going to bars on weekends and drinking. So, you know, it, it doesn't take much to stop and learn. Well, here, here's the thing that I've got to ask you then, because I know there are a number of people who, if they can't see the entire staircase, if they don't know what's going to happen between step one and step 100 to the 12th level detail, they can't get started. You clearly didn't know. You couldn't have known everything. You were 16. You couldn't have known all the things that were going to happen from point A to point B, but yet you were willing to take the quote-unquote gamble, the risk, and move in that direction anyway. Where does that strength come from? Well, if you're asking me that as a question, I'm not exactly sure. It was, like I said, I just had a gut feel that I knew I needed to do this. And I knew I needed to do that because I wasn't, I was happy where I was, but I knew there was just so much more out there. And, you know, TV didn't help. I mean, TV is such a, you know, a powerful tool, but can also brainwash you. This is why, you know, the media is so powerful. You got to be careful, you know, what you do with it. If you listen to the news all the time, you know, you're going to get a lot of of negativity and that may not be moving you forward in in life. Uh, Commercials, you know, it's, it's just commercial propaganda. So, 
I, I don't think I was sucked into all that. I, I, I just realized that, look, I, I need to do something to make my life better, to get ahead so I can afford to do the things I want to do and I like to do. Well, okay. So, all right. I believe you there. But here's the thing. A lot of people have that thought, Marco. A lot of them. I mean, they're listening right now going, yeah, I believe you. But you managed to figure out a way to actually take action upon your own hunt. You didn't need some third-party validation. You said, I believe it, and I'm going to go make that thing happen. This is the right direction. That's something special from somewhere else. Jay, I wish I could tell you where it originally came from, but I I really don't know. I just... uh, I, I guess I was just willing to go out there and experiment, you know, and, 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 and try things. And if you got knocked down, I guess this is a lesson to be learned. If you get knocked down and fail, which, you know, we all do. If or get, when. <laughs> well, when you do. Yeah, exactly. Good point, Jay. You know, just get back up, dust yourself off and try the next thing. Um, you know, I, I tried starting a bunch of sideline businesses over the years with my, uh, my best friend, Rob. And you know what? We failed more than we succeeded. But if you look back, you have to think that what you've done in the past has helped lead you to get where you are today. I was actually going to say that because when you mention, because I, I know many buy and hold people, we 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 lament that first sale. We think about that like, oh man, why did I ever sell that? But oftentimes you sold it and what you did with those proceeds actually got you started into the next thing, which is how you ended up where you are. Would that be the case for you as well? Yes, Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So yeah. So on one hand, yeah, if you had that property today, that would be great. But on the other hand, I think you might be missing a few, you know, you might not be the Marco we know and love. Yeah. Well, thank you. (laughs) Appreciate that. That would be different. So, okay. Uh, You, you're, you're out there, you're providing real estate to, to people retail. At some point you get struck with the idea to do more than just that. Tell me about that transition. Transition from selling real estate retail to where I went from there, or yes. to yes. real estate. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 oh man, I, I learned early on that I didn't want to be chauffeuring people in the backseat of my car, showing them <laughs> houses. It's, That's it called something. a realtor, people. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and I apologize. I'm not saying that to offend anybody. You know, you can do very well um, in real estate sales. You know, sales is the highest paid profession in the world, so you should be proud of the fact that you're in sales. But um, but it's not something I wanted to do as a career. It was really just a stepping stone. And I think I wanted to do that because it gave me access to the MLS and I could use my commissions to put towards down payments. And, you know, it was just, again, a stepping stone. But, um, but you know, it wasn't until uh, 2003 that I actually decided to get back into real estate. Uh, and, and that was because of the dot-com bomb. You know, the company failed and VC funding dried up and I literally took two years off. I just didn't know what I wanted to do after that. And uh, two years went by and I, I mean, if you want me to tell you the story of how I got back into real estate, I could. I was going to, but I was going to let you, I was going to wait for a pause. But yes, uh, there's too much there because see, I strongly believe that in those moments of failure, uh, those events they, they teach us, they train us, they make us in, into different beings and persons that allow us to be strong enough to actually go into the areas that we should. So you, you can either go there voluntarily or wait for me to ask. I'm good either way. I, I believe that everybody can be successful. And if, you, if, if I look back, I probably failed nine times out of ten. You know, I, and, and, you know, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I agree. So – 
there were a lot of businesses I started up that didn't last long. I started an office coffee service. It was small, but you know, I jumped in and and I did it. And then I came out with a product to compete against that large, thick coupon book, the entertainment book. I'm sure you've seen it at Costco. <laughs> I have. So we came out with our own version of it. It was called the Platinum Card. It was a portable version of of this big, thick hunk of paper. Right. Um, and that lasted two years, but eventually failed. So, you know, every time you do something like that, you realize, okay, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. But those are, you know, the B quadrant, you know, for those Robert Kiyosaki fans, you know, everything I was doing at that time was trying to build something in the B or business quadrant. What you and I are talking about here today seems to be more about the I quadrant investing, you know, getting into income producing cash flowing assets like real estate. Sure. So that turning point for me was in the middle of 2003, an interesting thing, interesting thing happened. I got an email and I have no idea how I got on this mailing list. But I got an email from <laughs> Robert G. Allen's um, organization called the Enlightened Wealth Institute. Okay. And uh, for your listeners that don't know Robert Allen, you know, you could go to Amazon and type in his name and you can see he's authored and co-authored probably about 20 books. Right. So he's right he was, next to the TRS-80. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he's not that old. Um, right. Anyways, he's a good guy. I've met with him a few times. Um, he lives down in San Diego. He's considered one of the grandfathers of nothing down real estate. Before him was a person named uh, Kessler. I can't remember his first name. Abraham Kessler? You got me. Uh, J. Abraham Kessler was his mentor. And Robert Allen was the mentor to many other people as far as low down, no down, creative financing types of deals. So he's helped you know, probably thousands of people. Right. So I get this email. And it says, you know, coming up this weekend in August is two free two day real estate investing seminar. And I thought, hmm, you know, I love real estate. It's kind of a passion. I'm not doing anything. It's not like I'm working a job or have a new career at this time. So I thought, well, I'll go. I went to this two day, actually, it was a two and a half day because it started on a Friday, ended on a Sunday night. But I went to this seminar. And I was surprised to see that there were over 1,500 people in this ballroom at wow. one of the hotels up in Anaheim. And the speaker, the main speaker, was a guy named Glenn. I'm not going to say his last name just in case. Uh, <laughs> but he was amazing, Jay. I mean, he had everybody riveted to their seat. If you had to go to the restroom, you weren't going because you didn't want to miss a single word of what this guy was saying. Mm. He was just that engaging. So people got caught up in what he was saying. They bought into the real estate bug. By the end of the first full day, the Saturday, people were going to the back of that room, credit card in hand, and it was unbelievable. They had table after table lined up across the back, and they were charging people a minimum of $15,000, and the biggest package was $35,000. And what they were selling were these five- and six-day boot camps, these workshops that were peppered around the country. So not only were you into it for fifteen dollars to $35,000, but you also had to pay for flight accommodations and food for these trips to these various cities to learn something about wholesaling. Another one was about apartments. Another one was about, um, you know, whatever it may be. Um, it was amazing. So I signed up too, of course, you know, I, I absolutely involved (laughs) and I went and, um, you know, as these workshops and boot camps went by, I met a lot of people built my network. You know, your network is very important as you know. Um, but 
I started buying real estate come January of 2004. I was buying lots of real estate come January 2004. And at that time, I had a lot of people coming up to me saying, hey, Marco, how did you find this deal? How did you analyze it? Can you structure it like this for me? Or can you help me structure it? Can you help me find a deal? So I was getting a lot of attention, but at the same time, people were asking me for help. And it was unbelievable because you just spent you know, 15000 plus to learn how to do a lot of this stuff, but right. yet you're not pulling the trigger. Right. Which is true of human nature anyway, because not 100% of people are going to actually take action. And it all comes down to execution. So um, that experience is what really started the business of Norada Real Estate Investing. Got it. It was because people were actually looking for and hungry for a semi-done-for-you or maybe call it a done-with-you type of model. And, And that's how it came to be. Well, and and again, uh, you know, if we look at your history, and this is why I like to ask those questions at the you know beginning. You you took a <laughs> a state of the art TRS eighty, and was your thought process was here's how I can provide value to other people. Uh, you were you know selling real estate, but again, you were thinking about providing value to other people. The co-founder with the the what, it was tech company, right? Uh, so you that that was again you were finding ways to provide value even with the mobile coffee. So it was like Starbucks on wheels, I guess. Uh, you, you're still thinking about how to provide value, taking what you knew, figuring it out for yourself, but then you've have, you have this pattern of taking that and then offering it to other people. So it, it makes sense, and it, even more so when people start asking you for it, because I'm sure by this time you, you knew how to recognize when <laughs> demand, <laughs> you know, for, for a particular product or a particular service. And, you know, interestingly enough, my, my journey hasn't been completely dissimilar from what you've just said. It's like, you know, I, we just learned the same thing. Uh, yeah, I did it, but that doesn't, you know, but somehow that that's just the way it goes. So mm-hmm. through this particular process, um, do, have you now, you know, developed your own personal, say, I'll, I'll call it your formula uh, that you you rely upon to give yourself a better than average chance at success when it comes to a real estate investment? Well, I made mistakes in the beginning, you know, when I was investing you too? on my own. No way. Can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, you know, you have to make mistakes in order to I think you 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 need to make mistakes in order to get to a higher level because nobody does everything perfectly the first time. It's impossible. Okay, stop. Everybody, stop what you're doing. Marco, I want you to say that again. Write this one down. <laughs> I think I said that it is nearly impossible or if not impossible to do everything right in everything you do the first time you try. You're going to stumble and fall. You're going to learn and and then you pick yourself up and you do it better or do it differently the next time. Yeah, exactly. Take that one. That one. That one's money. That was a money one right there. And that but that's the truth. Then but yet you still okay, you're still here. So you heard me get excited about mistakes before and you're hearing it again that mistakes can actually make you money and i'm hoping that you are getting the message that that's part of the experience and that's just generally how it goes so hopefully you are being empowered i mean we've interviewed a number of entrepreneurs who have talked about mistakes and 
and maybe now you have the strength to go out there and make a few. In fact, if you'd like to learn a few more about my own personal mistakes, you can go grab a copy of my book, Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy, because, hey, if nothing else, you can learn some things that you should not do. So grab a copy by going over to cashflowdiary.com forward slash free book. Again, cashflowdiary.com forward slash free book, name and email address, send it straight on over to you. And for those of you who'd rather have the audio version, do the same thing and we will give you a special discount on the audio version immediately. Now, here's what I know. I know that you guys enjoy the entrepreneurs and and I know that you guys like hearing messages like what we're talking about right now with Marco. So let's just get back to it. Yeah, you know, I, I've, if I add up how much I've lost over the years, um, boy, it's definitely in the six figures. There's no question about it. I've, I've lost easily into the six figures. And I stopped counting at some point, but I, I, I made it up more, you know, tenfold, whatever I lost. So I bought the wrong properties in the wrong place. I had the wrong property managers. I've, I've literally been taken by some of my property managers where they were collecting rents that were all cash. You know, people were paying with, you know, uh, money, grand money orders or cash. Mm-hmm. And so she would collect this and UPS it over to me. And then one day she had $6,000 that never showed up. And, you know, I'm wondering, well, hey, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on here? And so, you know, she tried to look into it, quote unquote, but really you know, there was nothing to show for it. She was blaming the UPS store. Um, anyway, you know, you learn through these mistakes. So yes, I've done a lot of things that were expensive, costly, right? Uh, you know, lessons. But because of that, I was able to put together something I call today the purchase process checklist, which is literally a checklist, but effectively is a roadmap to get to where you want to get to as far as investing. And we actually give this, give this to all our clients. When they engage with us, the first thing we do is we have a 45-minute to one-hour call. And what we want to know is what are your investment goals? What's your time horizon? And what criteria do you have? Most people don't know what that is. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but we help them to define their criteria because you can't hit a target if you don't see or know what that target is. And, and it becomes infinitely easier once you've done that. But once you've put that stake in the ground and you've got something defined, now you go through this checklist, this process. You go down this road uh, using this roadmap, and it helps you go to you know get to where you want to get to. And you know, of course, our vehicle of choice is investment real estate, and we help right. investors do that. So it makes perfect sense to me. It makes perfect sense to me. So let me a- ask you this then, uh, because if if you're anything like me, a lot of the things that you did incorrectly then become rules or regulations or guideposts that you're like, you know what, I'm never doing it that way again. In fact, this is the way it's done. Don't ask me to deviate. What are some of your some of those for you that have solidified because of experience, you're like, this is the way it's done. Here's the rules to follow if you want to actually be successful and make this thing work. So you're talking about some of my mistakes that I've learned from? Yes. Okay. Well, there's probably many. Um, I'll share some of them here. (laughs) You're like, how much time do you have again? Yeah. Do you have two hours? (laughs) Yeah, I understand. So again, this is not a knock to any real estate agent, but I personally prefer not to work with a real estate agent unless they, A, are an investor themselves, 
a B, they, and that's a big one, by the way. Right. Uh, and, and B, they're willing to take the time to understand what my needs are. I don't want to be called all the time with saying, Hey, here's a, here's a potential investment over here or potential over there. They need to actually walk me through what we walk through our clients with today. I want them to understand what I'm trying to achieve and exactly what I'm looking for. Right. And if I don't know what that is, I want them to be able to help me. This is why it's important that they're a real estate investor because if they're not, they can't put themselves in your shoes. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is, is if you're going to work with a property manager, don't get taken like I was. And the way you safeguard yourself and prevent that from happening to you is to work with a full-service professional property management company. Um, there are property managers all over the place, but many of them are one or two men or women uh, operations. You know, it's, and, and many of them are actually real estate investors or excuse me, real estate agents selling real estate, but they do property management on the side. Right. That may work, but it doesn't necessarily work for everybody all the time. So, you know, I jokingly say, or at least half jokingly say, you live and die by your property manager. And so it's <laughs> that's very, not a joke. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you. you yeah, know, that's not a joke. That's very, very true. It is. It's, it's so important. It's more important than most people give it weight or credit but you have to be able to work with a good, reliable, competent property manager so they know how to properly qualify and screen a tenant so you don't get a, you know, a, a, a bum tenant right from the beginning, which is going to cause you problems later and expense that you don't want. Because let's face it, one of the most expensive things in owning rental properties is the turnover. If you can avoid a turnover, then you avoid missing rent, you avoid the lease-up fee, which could be up to one month's rent, and you also avoid right. having the turnover costs of painting and cleaning and whatever there may be. Yep. So that's a huge killer on your annual cash flow. Um, so you, know, you resolve that or you solve that problem by working with the best possible property management company you can. Uh, so those are, those are two big, big things that I learned the hard way. Um, you know, there's many other things, of course, but those are two big ones. No, yeah, I, and I think those are those are good ones to start with. And <laughs> I like how you say you learned them the hard way. Uh, but people often wonder where did these convictions come from? Well, they come from the fact that we've got commas and zeros behind these mistakes that have mm-hmm. said, "Hey, don't do it that way." Because if you do, bad things happen. I.e., you lose money or you get the privilege of learning, as I like to call it today. So. Uh, you've mentioned before that now, I guess here's how I want to say this. You're going through this process. You're becoming this investor. And just like any other superhero, you, you realize, hey, I can do this thing. You begin to, off, uh, to, to offer services to other people. I, I, what was that moment like where you realized like, you know what? I, I can actually help other people and begin to, to share with them what I know. And oh my gosh, they're going to experience success too. Well, I think I saw the opportunity early on. The light bulb went off when I was looking around the room and realizing just through conversations and you know going on lunches and having coffees with these people that they they were eager. They wanted the same thing I wanted. They were there for a reason. They wanted to build their financial future for them and their families and and I completely relate. Um some people, you know, out of the gate, five, maybe five to 10% of the people pulled the trigger and they just went off and did it. Whether they did it successfully or not, you know, that's another story, but they did it. And then the rest of the other people were either slow to get involved or they didn't do anything at all. And that's when the light bulb went off saying, hey, you know what? These people want to invest in real estate. They're just not sure how to do it, what, you know, what method to use. 
they need a mentor and a coach beyond just what they were getting there. But it dawned on me that maybe there's a market here for just having what we now call today a turnkey investment. Back then, that term really wasn't used. People didn't refer to it as a turnkey investment. Um, you know, they just called it rent ready or or just an investment. You know, and right. then the questions came up: Well, is it you know is it rentable? Does it need work? Is it distressed? You know, what's the you know the after repair value? All this kind of stuff. So I. I wouldn't say I kind of franchised it in the sense of what, you know, McDonald's did in terms of taking an idea like a burger and making it systematized and better, but effectively that's what I did over the over the course of a year or two just investing out of state from California in markets as much as 3000 miles away. I kept flying out there and meeting with the people and, you know, I made mistakes and I learned from those mistakes, but I documented those mistakes and I turned that into a system. And you can get much further, faster having the right systems in place because you bypass a lot of the mines and pitfalls that most people would step into if they were just doing it anew themselves. Right. So, and that's that's kind of how I identified it and how it came to be. And then the catalyst or the accelerator was just people literally asking me for you know for for a property like what I had or, or help, <laughs> you know asking for the help right it's, it's kind of like when you're at dinner and you're like you you order something you're like oh man this is good and they're like can I have some yes you can let yeah. me help you with that indeed so in this particular process or in your journey as a I like to call it real estate entrepreneur uh, you've probably I mean you've gotten the inside look at a lot a lot of real estate investors. Um, and what I would love for you to share is what would you see as some of the most common, uh, we'll call it mistakes, that you've seen individuals make when they're trying to go out there and build a portfolio of, uh, of rental property? Well, if you have another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, okay, well, let's just go for three. Let's just go for three. Sure. Okay, so um, I guess the mistakes to avoid would be this. Number one, don't try to do it on, all on your own. You need, you need to lean on people, and you need to bring, bring people in on your team. Oh, you hold on, you know, hold on. You did it again. Everybody, stop what you're doing. Stop washing the dishes. The kid will be okay. You get, you'll chase the dog in a second. I want you to write this down. <laughs> Marco, please repeat that. Don't try and do everything on your own and be a hero. I always paraphrase what I say, but basically don't try to do it all on your all on your own. You need help from other people. Bring those people on your team, competent people onto your team and let them help you to achieve what you want to achieve because they've been through it, they have more experience, they have more knowledge, the knowledge that you don't necessarily have. And you know what? I'm going to underscore that because he said the word competent. Competent might not be Uncle Willie or mom, okay? So just keep that in mind. Uh, so sometimes it, it could be a complete stranger that you don't know yet that is competent. Just because they're related to you and they're available doesn't mean they're the right one for the job. Yeah, and, and I'm going to add to that, Jay. You know, everybody has an opinion, whether they're right or wrong, or whether their intentions are good or not. And you reminded me of this because of family. A lot of times it's your friends and family that hold you back or drag you down because they're not at the level that you necessarily want to be. And so they actually drag you down to their level. It's like a, it's like a bucket full of crabs. You know, There's always a crab trying to get out of the bucket, crawling to the top, but the other crabs grab it and bring it back down into the bucket. You don't want to be that. 
you know, you want to avoid those people, not be rude to them, but you want to associate <laughs> yourselves with people that will take you to their level, which is where you want to go. Right. So, uh, anyway, I go off on these tangents sometimes and I'm not that, sure where that's okay. We were talking about the, the, that was one the mistakes. So in order to avoid that investors are making, we were just going through three of them. Okay. So, so yeah, build a team. Don't do it on your own. There's a lot of people out there who've done, you know, done it before and can hold your hand and walk you through the process, which, you know, it's, it's some, something obviously that we do, our company does. And, and, and I know you're a fantastic educator. There's many people out there who do education and, and provide content and whatnot. And now granted, I will say that I don't like all the content that's out there in the, you know, in the, in the ether and on the <laughs> internet, but, um, but you know, there are a lot of people out there that have quality content. I've looked at yours. In fact, I, you know, I have, I have, uh, gone through some of your material and, and I think it's fantastic. I mean, you're very knowledgeable. Thank you. So, so that's the first one, you know, build a team of competent people. Number two is, this is a common one for a lot of people. You know, if you were investing in stocks or bonds or, you know, any kind of equity, God forbid, but if you were doing that, <laughs> if you're really going to do that paper asset stuff, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if you really want to stick your neck out that far, um, you know, odds are you're probably buying, you know, Intel or Apple or Coca-Cola stock. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all well and fine. If a, you know what you're doing, B, you like speculating and C, you know, you are okay with the fact that you're not going to go and visit the headquarters in New York or, or in Atlanta and meet with the CEO <laughs> and the other C-level executives and get to know what they're doing and where they're going and get a feel for all that. Nobody does that. They would they would kick you out of the building if you tried to do that. Right. So why should real estate investing be any different? People need to understand that you can't achieve your investment goals if you're myopic and you're limiting your geographic area of where you're going to invest to your backyard. Now, some gurus will say, well, invest within a one or two hour or maybe a three hour radius of where you live so you can drive out there and do whatever you need to do. Mm. But that is so limiting, especially if you're in the coastal markets or the bubble markets or the mm-hmm. these expensive cyclical markets that are very overpriced and unaffordable, and the numbers don't make sense. That's also code for anywhere you would actually want to live. Uh, it's where the numbers don't make sense. All those other places in the middle uh, tend to, to do, do, you know, that's where the numbers often make sense. So if you like sunshine, not there. Right. So, so the point of it is this, you know, don't be stuck with the mentality of you have to invest in your backyard. If you're an active real estate investor, you want to roll your sleeves up and do it all yourself, and you want to drive and farm your neighborhood or farm your local market to try and find those distressed situations, distressed sellers, distressed properties, sure, you can do it on your own. But the reality is, at least the clientele we deal with, they're people who want to be a passive real estate investor. They don't have the time. Sometimes they don't have the knowledge or the time um, to invest in real estate. So they don't have a choice. They actually need to look at other markets that make far more sense than where they live. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, that was one of the key things. That was actually how, when I first got started, is, uh, you know, living out here in Southern California, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't, like, work. And if you're new, who wants to take a risk on a half-million-dollar condo 
you know, as your first deal, whereas you could take a $50,000 actual house somewhere else if you just take the time to connect and build some relationships that are definitely further than my backyard. And that's how I was rational. I'm like $50,000 or a half million, whatever. Money is money. It's the system behind it uh, that that I need to understand. And, you know, because having been a financial planner, all I was looking at was streams of cash flow. I'm like, well, for my half million dollars, I could get this. Or for $50,000, I could go get this. I think I'll go for the, you know, option B. Yep, absolutely. Um, A third one is probably something that is just so obvious that, you know, you you kind of shake your head and think, well, why didn't you do that? I mean, I did make the mistake of purchasing some property um, that I did not get inspected, neither with myself nor a home inspector. Um, And yes, there were a lot of problems that cropped up after the fact. So um, always, always, always have the home inspected by at least a home inspector. Um, if not, you know, a specialist that, you know, covers roofing or plumbing or electrical. Again, I, I'm a, I'm a one up you on that one. Okay. I, here's how, and it sounds crazy. I'm the only one I know who actually did this. So I, I actually did get the inspection, but you know what I didn't do, Marco? Read it. Bingo. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? I got the inspection. No one said read it. I got it, though. I didn't know I was supposed to read it. Oh. Wow. That, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah. So I hear you. So d- I'm going to say get the inspection and read it. It will help you. Absolutely. You have to do that. So, yeah. So those are those are three very basic ones, but, um, but take them to heart. You know, it, it'll save you a lot of pain and and, and, and it'll, it'll help to ensure your success as you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm sure at this point, as people have been listening, they're probably just like they, they want to get to know more about, hey, what is what is Marco doing? What's Narada up to? Uh, what's going to be the best way for, for them to stalk you if they so decide? Stalk me. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, um, I, I am on all social media, but really the best way to, um, you know, reach me or my team and find out what we're doing and where we're located and the properties that we have peppered around the country. And when I say peppered, we're really in 10 markets, um, you know, is, is on our main website, which is noradarealestate.com. That's where we post, you know, on a regular basis. Excellent. That's perfect. All right. It's that easy. It's that uh, simple. Uh, everything else is linked linked right off of that website. Awesome. That's good. That's perfect. I love it a lot. So uh, as we transition here, and, and, and I, I want to ask you one more question, because there is, well, I know there's someone listening right now who's been wanting to, quote unquote, get involved in real estate investing, get started. They've been thinking about it. It's been in the back of their mind. Maybe they're driving in traffic, coming home from work going, gosh, how on earth am I ever going to quit this job? I really hate what I have to get up and do tomorrow. They're probably thinking it and they've been going back and forth through through many different iterations of what their life could look like. Maybe they're even standing in front of the superhero outfit store right now going, man, if only maybe one day I could. But Marco, here's the challenge. In the back of their mind, they've got that voice. And I know you know that voice. I know you know the words it says. I know you've done battle with it. In fact, you, you did battle with it for two years. And you had to overcome that voice to get back in the game and make things happen. Sometimes that voice is saying things, who, who are you to really think you can? 
and it says all kinds of things, and it gets in the way. What I would really love for you to do is pretend that that person is listening right now and is going to actually do exactly what you say. What would you say to them? Well, this is an easy answer for me. Everybody wants to achieve certain things in life. And I personally believe that everybody has the ability and the opportunity to achieve it. Some people are just held back by their mindset or their belief or their level of confidence. But there's a simple solution to all that. There really is. And it's so simple that when I say it, you're going to say, yeah, I knew that. But really, (laughs) did you stop to actually challenge yourself? Did you actually stop to take action to take the next step and, and make this happen for yourself. Here's, here's my answer to your question. I have these 10 rules for successful real estate investing. It's, it's one of those sticky posts that's always at the top of my blog. Mm. And, and I fa- in fact, I just had an infographic made out of it, which hasn't been posted yet, but it's going to be you know just one of those free infographic downloads. My first rule for successful real estate investing cures that ill. It, it cures the problem of people not knowing where to start, what to do, what questions to ask, or even to build the confidence level where they can say, yeah, I'm feeling good about this. I'm going to call Jay and learn more, or I'm going to call call up a, an investment counselor at Norada Real Estate or do something else or do it on their own. And it's this, educate yourself, read books, listen to podcasts, read blog articles, read, 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 educate yourself. Knowledge is 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 key. And it's not just that knowledge is power. It's really applied knowledge is power. Right. So you need to build up that, that knowledge base in your head to the point where you know what the next step is. So just keep learning and educating and reading until you get confident enough to pick up the phone or make the call or reach out to you. Um, and you, you know what, if you're starting from, from zero, from scratch, you're listening to this for the first time, pick up Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, start with that book because that's going to change the paradigm, the mental right. setting, and turn up the thermostat. From there, you're going to read something else and then something else. And so, anyway, sorry for being long-winded about it, but really, that's that's the best thing you could do. I'm going to agree with you. I mean, it starts with how you think, and then when you begin to modify that, the actions can easily flow and follow suit. So, uh, I I definitely uh, appreciate you taking the time uh, to to be here with us. Now, I know that there's a number of individuals who probably have a few more questions and, and want uh, to probably even know more about what Norada Real Estate is doing. Here is my question to you. Can you promise me that you'll come back in the not too distant future and you and I, we can break that down and talk about it? You could have me anytime you want, Jay. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, again, I appreciate you sharing your information here and making the time Uh, to help other individuals go out there and and achieve success as well. I appreciate your time, Jay. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is? It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean today? Probably it means to go over to naratarealestate.com. Why? Because you know you heard something that made sense to you. It did. So get started. When? Now o'clock. You've heard me say that before. I'm saying it again. Your life isn't going to change thinking about owning property. It would only change once your name, your entity, your companies are on title. And there's only one way to begin to make that happen. It's been fun talking to you guys today. I look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time.